Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of Canada, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Tanya Redroad. Tanya owns a small catering business in the Fargo-Moorhead area called Tease Tacos. She also is currently the director of Toxic Taters Coalition. She has done advocacy work and activism in many sectors that face systematic challenges for Indigenous communities. Those areas include domestic and sexual violence, substance use challenges, mental health concerns, public health initiatives around wellness for women, including Native Women Speaking and HIV Initiative. Youth programming and community efforts include founder of FM Healthy Native Kids, ICWA, which is the Indian Child Welfare Act, land defending and water protection. Tani does a variety of community work within the indigenous population to identify gaps that has to be a voice to ensure that indigenous perspective is heard. Tani enjoys going to powwows, cultural ceremonies, and cooking for the community. She appreciates learning about other cultures while sharing hers. But most importantly, she's a mother of three and an anti-mom to her niece and nephew. Tanya also has two grandsons, Ethan and Ezra. So this is this is a great conversation. Um, Tanya is a uh, she's one of the, the pillars of our indigenous community here in Fargo, Moorhead, and I'm just really excited to have this conversation with her. So with that being said, let's jump into this conversation with Tanya. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us on Five Plain Questions. It's really great to have you here. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm glad to be in this space. Uh, can you uh, introduce yourself uh, to to us? Uh, tell us about your background, where you're from. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, my name is Tanya Redroad, at least my English name. Um, Badabanakwe is uh, my spirit name. Um, I grew up in a... Um, urban setting most of my life. My family's from Turtle Mountain and Little uh, Little Shell Band of Chippewa, and which was really all one. It was just Pem- Pembina um, tribe, and it kind of got split up. Um, but I grew up in Grand Forks, about an hour north of Fargo here. So, um, you know, that for me, um, it was, it was a little bit different, but there was always people around from um, back home and those things. So I still feel like I got a good um, sense of um, maybe not all of the good stuff, but I had, um, you know, great people around me. So um, that's kind of um, where I, where I grew up and the connections that I've, I've had. Yeah. When you moved to um, Grand Forks, uh, was that um, a family move when you were younger or was that after school? Um, when I was younger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my grandma was kind of a nomad, <laughs> they would say. And um, so she kind of was all over. So like she even like was in Warren, Minnesota. I never lived there, but my mom was kind of all over the place. My mom was actually born in Sandwich, Illinois. <laughs> um, so my grandma was really a traveler. Um, I think that just kind of came from a lot of the relocation um, because a lot of our other family like kind of really stayed in the Washington area where my grandma just kind of floated around. Um, And, you know, of course we still have family that stayed here too, but um, yeah. So, but she eventually made her home ground in Grand Forks. So that's kind of where we, we landed. So I grew up there most of my life. 
so in the the community um, of, of many of the things that you're known for, you you are an amazing uh, chef and a cook, and uh, you've been um, in the community for quite a while, uh, creating food for events and for different things that are going on. Uh, can you talk a little bit about about that work? Yeah. Um, so my chef <laughs> skills started. Um, I think probably from poverty. Um, I was the one who could take one can of something, maybe one or two cans of something and some leftovers and make this amazing thing. And it was wonderful. And um, I remember actually my brother, <laughs> he um, he didn't trust in me. And I had a can of, uh, I think it was like pea, split pea soup <laughs> and a cream of something. And um, he did not believe that I could make like kind of like a turkey tidbits. I said, we're going to pretend like it's turkey tidbits. At the- <laughs> and um, I mixed together, I had some leftover chicken and he was like, no way. But then when he tried it, it was amazing. And I was like, if you want to eat, this is what <laughs> we're eating. Cause that was kind of what was left in there. But um, so I've always kind of been pretty crafty to and daring to try different things, which brings me into the kind of the food that I do now. I kind of, um, you know, it's a little bit of urban, urban meets indigenous, you know, so um, taking some of those, um, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe urban comfort foods, you know, and throwing some, you know, indigenous uh, to that. So like macaroni and cheese with wild rice, you know, right? Like we're going to, you know, just bump it up a little, make it a little indigenous. So, um, and I didn't really start doing that for um, the community until I worked for the Native American Center. Um, we, our events, I, I, I ended up being kind of the cook because um, I can do a lot with a little. And uh, that really kind of started my journey and even brought me into Tea's Tacos, which is a small catering um, gig that I have. And um, I the program, the Native American Center, we just, the funding was getting low. Grants were harder to to reach um, just so much competition in there. And we were kind of just almost to the point of dissolving. And I think I was making like $500 a month, but working, you know, pretty full time. And I still needed to pay my rent. It was enough to pay my rent. And so I started selling teas tacos out of my garage. And then that's how it just kind of became teas tacos um, and, and moved into something else that I, I, that I started branding it. And then I started to uh, make sure I had my business and all my stuff that I needed, all my credentials to, to do it as a small catering. Yeah. So um, I guess when they say making lemonade out of lemons, <laughs> I guess you, you you make fry bread out of grease. <laughs> I don't know. You indigenize that, uh, yes. that lemonade or that lemon. That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about uh, your influences, um, uh, your influences when you're younger and your influences uh, today. Um, well, when I was younger, um, you know, I... Um, I'll just be honest, like there was just a lot, a lot of um, um, addiction around. And so I didn't have like real people, maybe influences what I thought then. Um, And so I was a really big Wonder Woman fan. Um, I literally probably wore, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure my mom had to like peel off my underoos to wash them because (laughs) I wore them under everything to everything. And, um, and I think really also, um, even though, you know, it's more of a, a superhero thing. Um, but it was still really iconic for a time where um, women weren't the superhero. And so um, I, I took that away. It wasn't, you know, just all of the 
um, you know, pretty things. It was really, I was just like, wow, we can do that. We could be Wonder Women, you know, like, whoa. Um, so that was really kind of my first really strong influence was that um, until I was getting a little older than obviously, like I had my aunt and, you know, I started seeing people around me a little bit more. And um, I would probably say my aunt Nadine was probably a bigger influence because she was just always into history and always telling us about things. And um, so she kind of kept us grounded in that. Yeah. And then, of course, now I have um, so I also do um, or have uh, a T-shirt line that I do and it's called Indigenous Wonder Women. And it portrays all the women through time um, that have done great things and people really don't always know about it. Um, I, I even have like sisters, I, brothers that I, I'll say somebody's name. They're like, who? And I'm like, yeah, we need to know this. We really need to know this. And so that's a kind of adventure. And those are great influences now in my older years. I think, wow, you know, you think about the first Native American doctor and all these different women that just impacted um, things in their time. And then some of them, we said, we don't even know about it. So um, lots of influences now. I think it's it's really great that we're in a community of so many people that are, are striving to do great things, you know, and we yes. inspire each other. And Absolutely. I've, yeah. And I think, I feel like uh, so many people in our community are um, approachable, you know, and willing to work together, which I think is a big thing. It is. And I, I mean, we have many, many um, wonderful ladies doing great things in this community and beyond, right? And it even goes further than that. So, um, and they always still make time for the community. So I think that's great too, because I know like sometimes I can kind of get taken um, away from the community, but it's always somewhere where I want to come back and help is right here. Um, and I, I think a lot of the women here that are in those really important roles are the same way. And I love that. And I love when we can get together. So um, and so I know that I talked a little bit about Wonder Woman being my you know, kind of my influence, um, you know, when I was younger and then kind of, um, you know, learning in my later years about all these different women throughout time that have made great impacts. But I would say my real life, real life uh, hero um, is Mary John. She worked in the FM uh, community for many years. Um, our stories are pretty similar, um, kind of getting to recovery and then working in the community through that and just bringing good energy and healing to, not only to ourselves, but um, through our community. And so she mentored me a lot. Uh, well, I don't even know if it was mentored. I think she pushed me a lot and said, go do that. Um, but she was a, a real live influence who um, did a lot of honorable things uh, throughout time and this community. And I'm I'm glad that she mentored me and um, I can continue that, that, that work that she also did. Um, I can continue it with her in mind. One thing um, that was really great about the work that she did uh, is that she had a newsletter that she would put out there. And I, I only, um, I really only knew her through there. I, she and I exchanged some emails uh, about 10 years ago when I first, uh, moved into the community and she was the one that guided me to uh, the, the Native American Center um, to, to talk to those folks about what we were doing. Um, and I find that since she stepped down from doing that newsletter, um, there's been a real gap in the community as far as someone who is a communications hub. And it's it's definitely something that 
I think we in the community of uh, Fargo Moorhead, uh, we need to uh, one sort of acknowledge that and identify um, something to pick that up again, because there are so many great things happening that she would tap into. And I, I don't know where she got her initiative to have that out there for us, but that was such, such a valuable tool for all of us to have. It was very valuable. And she did that as long as she could. I mean, I remember <laughs> coming to her house and she would have a magnifying glass, like trying to see the words to, to, to finish it. And it, she went as long as she could um, with all she could. And so I definitely want to acknowledge that as well. And um, I definitely would love to see that picked up. I think it has, um, you know, there has been a gap since that. Um, it's just hard to to put all the pieces together. And she did that very well. And for her story, you know, when she started with Daughters of the Earth, um, she felt like she didn't really have a lot of skills, but, you know, she, she's like, well, I can write stories and I can, you know, do something. And then, then the newsletter was born and um, because that's what she could do. And she did it very well. And she always stayed connected to to get information. Of course, she probed us for information too, but eventually it just became easy. Like that's who you tell everybody, tell everything. Just let Mary John know. She'll put it in the newsletter. And it was a great way to get things out there. So yes, hopefully we will manifest that right now and put it out there that, um, you know, maybe somebody will pick that up. I hope so. I hope so. I love the fact that she uh, just did it just to do it, you know, uh, and just took that initiative. But yeah, we definitely need, um, a true leader in the community again like that to be able to to just let people know what's happening you know that's such a great thing yeah i just i pulled up all of my mary john emails on my phone here you know and i always looked forward to them yeah yes yeah, yeah she had me out there uh I told her I'm going to need a press pass pretty soon because she always had me out there. Um, she's like, well, I want to hear back. I want you to report back and write something about all the events you go to and everything. Because this was probably towards the end where she was it was getting harder for her to get out to the events and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, she, she had me reporting and everything. <laughs> I was like, Mary John, I'm like, I don't I don't. I don't write. I don't do that. That's your job. She goes, no, you just give it to me and tell me. She's like, I like the way you do it. Cause you tell it just the way it is. She goes like, when you come into the powwow or something, she said, and the smell of the fry bread, she goes, you write it. I'll edit it. I was like, okay. And we worked out a deal. And so I did that for probably a year. And then I told her, I said, okay, that's enough. She's like, well, get pictures. <laughs> so then I became the photographer. <laughs> so uh, how has, um, your your career especially with cheese tacos um how has that developed over time uh college post-college uh those early days to now yeah so um i didn't um you know i didn't i obviously um didn't go to chef at some kind of fancy chef school or anything um i actually started going to school for a medical assistant and i was actually um in nursing for like 10 years and then i did some um uh kind of home health um, work. And then I kind of found myself in the nonprofit world. And so um, that's kind of where Tea's Tacos was, well, kind of like the story I was telling you, um, was kind of, you know, born out of that because um, a community that I, I was helping also help me they came in you know bought my taco so I could pay my rent and um and now I'm in a position where I can just bring that back to the community and I I mean I do probably 
way more fundraisers for for other groups or people who need help. Um, I've done people, I've helped people like they need their their water is going to get shut off and they're like, let's do a taco sale. <laughs> um, so um, now I feel like it's pretty cool that I can give back. So it's like full circle. There's a silver line. Is it, So Tea's Tacos is not only just, um, you know, just a, a business and taco. It's really a community, um, um, I suppose, just a community thing. <laughs> I don't know how you'd say that, but, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but, and then, so I do, I'm thankful for um, all the support in that because um, most people, I even tried to give free tacos away once and I was trying to help, <laughs> I was trying to help somebody that just like wanted, um, like they want, they sponsored it, like some free tacos, like, <laughs> and that. <laughs> They were like, no, we're, we don't care about your free tacos. We love what you're doing. And I think that says a lot, right? And I was like, so I had to call the sponsor back and be like, they don't even want the free tacos. <laughs> I mean, what? That's just, I, I mean, that blew my mind. I mean, that made me realize, though, that I'm I'm, I'm doing the right thing by, um, you know, using Tease ta- Tacos as a platform to, to give back to the community that gave to me when I needed it. So, mm-hmm. So for for our community that's listening, um, what, what makes them a good partner, uh, when, um, collaborating with you on a, on a sale or a fundraising event? What, I guess, yeah. What, what do you see as good habits and good things that they can do to help you along in working together? Yeah. So, um, usually the biggest help is, um, volunteers. If they have some volunteers that they can do, um, if not, you know, usually we'll figure out some way, like usually for me, I'm not worried about getting paid because it's, if it's, you know, a community thing and I'm helping somebody, but sometimes I'll have to ask for, you know, a few dollars to help my team if they can't find anybody to, to do that. So really it just actually just some hands-on people. I mean, that helps out a lot. And then usually we work pretty well together to, if it's, especially if it's a fundraiser to try and get donations and different things to help with the, the food part of it. But um, yeah, just some extra hands. <laughs> Okay. Are there, are there things that people try to do that, um, it's well-intentioned, but actually sort of maybe, um, stops the flow of work sometimes? Um, yeah, I mean, the good thing is I've been, you know, doing this long enough that, um, even when those mishaps happen, there's usually always a way to remedy it. And, um, it just means that maybe one or two other people are probably going to have to, um, you know, really, um, do the work and, you know, do a little extra, but, um, for the most part, uh, there's not too many things that will throw a wrench in things unless there's like no food. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I've actually had to do things where I thought I had like, you know, a team of five and like one person showed up and I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. (laughs) Um, but I can, I can, I can, I can definitely throw down some fried bread pretty quick and stuff by myself and still maintain cooking and the meat and doing everything. So uh, even if I just have that one person, I'm doing good, but yeah, that is kind of a bummer. I probably, that's, um, my biggest, um, thing where I'm like, no, I really needed all five of you. <laughs> so if someone, if someone says they, they want to do something, they should really follow through with it then. Uh, for yeah, it's just really, it's really helpful. Out. Um, I know that everybody is doing things in good faith and I know sometimes we think somebody else has got it and, and that's, you know, that's a great, great thing. Um, when people do, but yeah, following through is really helpful, especially when it comes to that extra hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
So how have opportunities presented themselves uh, over over the years? Um, so I think really um, for me, I would like I said, I was kind of already working in the community with the Native American Center. And so, um, you know, I just like word of mouth and different things, I was able to um, kind of do things from from that angle. And then eventually it kind of turned into community to like doing things at different colleges and they would bring me in to do things for like Native Native American Heritage Month. Um, and so then it just kind of, and that's really when I kind of started deciding to like, oh, I really, um, I need to probably make this more of a, a business business and I can't just probably do this as a community. And so that's when it really changed into a business, um, is because I was get kind of growing and getting past just this the community stuff. So. Now, um, you had mentioned, uh, you had worked with the, uh, was it the, the old, um, the previous Native American Center. Uh, was that on the other side of Main Street, on the south side there? So I've been through three centers. <laughs> um, I, there was uh, one that was, it was we used to call it the old Easter Seals uh, building because they are the ones who used it. And it was kind of over by St. Mark's, um, kind of close to downtown. Mm-hmm. And then um, then I the one that I'm referring to, the FM Native American Center, is it was on um, kind of by the courthouse over there. Um, okay. It was kind of like right. The church owned it, and it was you said it was actually the Wesley Center. That's right. Yep. Yep. I I remember stopping in there once. Um, I wanted to get an art gallery going, and I stopped in to talk to the folks there to see what kind of um, uh, not not so much uh, financial support, but just sort of uh, moral guidance uh, or community guidance I could get from from them. So that was probably about 10 years ago, around that time. And, but now you are, um, uh, you've had a number of fundraisers at the Indigenous Association Center, which is, yes. is that sort of the, the default community center right now? Is that sort of what it's thought as? Yeah, I think it's a nice uh, communal space for Native Americans and entities to do things. And so I think even though um, they're not specifically doing direct service, um, I think that's a great thing that they're offering is to to have that space um, for community. So I think that is kind of the spot now. Nice, nice. I I know. So um, for the listener, it's also the space that uh, shares... uh, uh, the building with uh, the Plains Art Museum uh, that sponsors this podcast. Uh, but whenever those um, those events are taking place and we know that you're making Indian tacos and having food there, word spreads like wildfire through the museum, you know, and there are definitely people that are always asking about when you're coming back. <laughs> so, well, that's great. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, I, I think I, I want to touch a little bit of bit on your advocacy work too because i mean you uh you know mary john sent you into the community um but you you've been a, at a lot of uh different gatherings whether there were rallies or there were just community meetings um and i know the viewer can't see this video uh on the podcast but you know you have an mmiw uh shirt on and so you know your advocacy work has always been at the forefront of a lot of these uh, conversations and work you do uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, your your experience uh, with this in our community? Um, yeah, so um, when I first kind of started um, out in the community, I actually did a lot of volunteering and I just placed myself there. I was kind of, you know, going to school, trying to, you know, I was still working on my nursing stuff. Um, but um, I actually found myself, a friend reached out to me and like, hey, you should come to this meeting 
your, uh, you know, your ally for the two spirit community and you should come to this meeting and really be part of it. And it's like, okay. Um, and I ended up going there, but what I really ended up doing is starting my whole, um, community advocacy um, from that point on. Um, it was actually uh, Sacred Spirits, and it was a domestic and sexual violence outreach program for um, for Native women and their families. And so I was standing there, and I kind of was holding myself a little bit. I was uh, like, yeah, so what do y'all do? What's going on? You know, get, trying to get the feels. And um, he's like, well, we're, you know, a um, satellite office out of white earth, da, 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 kind of gave me his name. I said, well, I'm kind of working for this program and they'll pay for me to work here and get some experience. I was like, it looks like you really need a secretary because <laughs> they did. <laughs> and then it was me and I did. <laughs> and um, that really started um, the adventure of, of all the work that I've done and working with Mary John, because that's how we got connected with Daughters of the Earth. Um, was through that advocacy there. And then, of course, it just kind of trickled into um, everything everything else that, um, I mean, every challenge you can imagine from historical trauma that impacts our people. I just, you know, Mary was there. I tagged along. And then, of course, I just continued that when she couldn't be there with, with me. So, um, I, I, I mean, I really think thank her a lot for all the knowledge that she gave me and the jokes. <laughs> she's, she's pretty funny too. Um, and we both, we both like to kind of be funny. We both have kind of the same. So I think that's why we were such, uh, you know, so close. Um, but yeah, so she kind of kept me in that work and then I just continued. And I think about my children when I do this work, I think about, um, you know, the next generation of children and I want to make sure that, um, you know, Hopefully we don't have to keep having these kind of um, initiatives and things. Uh, hopefully we get to a place where we can be a little bit more safe and not have to do this. But for now, until then, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Right on, right on. Uh, can Can you talk a little bit about the Daughters of the Earth? Um, and uh, yeah, if you could do that. Yeah. So um, Daughters of the Earth. Um, you know, I didn't come in till later, but Mary always tells me a little bit about, you know, how it got started. She always wanted me to know that because um, as the work that we're doing to kind of, I think she always brought me back to it is to keep us on track so that we didn't, you know, um, go too, too far. Um, but it kind of started out with a group of women, um, Gladys Ray, Mary John, um, Pam Belgard, JT One Shining Side. Um, so just a, a really good group of women at that time were, are living in uh, uh, Fargo-Moorhead. And, you know, that was a time where, you know, a lot of people, you know, women were kind of stay-home moms. And Mary said, we're all stay-home moms. We all kind of wanted to, you know, learn more about our culture. Um, and so they came together and started kind of really just beating and doing those kinds of things. And then it kind of grew into inviting more women to the table and um, yeah, grew in kind of organization, grassroots organization um, to, to help further reach out in the community. And so then they just, I mean, they, they were, they definitely made a lot of tracks. Um, you know, they, they started a lot of the little mini powwows. Um, Mary John, she's always done the newsletter, but she also had like, um, she also kind of started like this little newspaper. It was like Red River something. I can't remember. But yeah, so she was always kind of like the writer, the one who got the information out. Um, and then everybody else kind of kind of did the advocacy and um, 
you know, stepped up to try to help. And I mostly like, you know, whether it was education, I know that they, they used to do um, try and find money to find people to pay for their um, application fees, you know, like they, they just really try to help build um, people up. And so um, I think that's really kind of the, the real heart of what Daughters of the Earth was, is really building up and being connected and feeling, um, you know, welcome, welcomed in the community. Um, I mean, I, even though it really started out, you know, obviously Daughters of the Earth, um, later on it, you know, it started including kind of families as well. So a lot of the different events, they used to have a spring fling. I don't know who came up with that name, spring fling, but um, <laughs> it, it ended up kind of, it started off kind of a small women's thing, but then, you know, it really grew into families. And so, um we, it started opening up to families. So that was really good. And I think that's where a lot of uh, the other work kind of started happening is when we just kind of all worked together. Is the, is the, the group, is it still together? Um, so I know that um, they have not, you know, it kind of has died down since COVID and I don't know if um, anybody's really picked that back up. I know that there's been a couple, um, you know, uh, meeting small meetings or talking of like what to do next or where do we go next so um but maybe it needs to be pulled together and talk about that um that newsletter i know that i i i proposed um you know helping do that and maybe even looking for um you know small grant or something to to support that because it is a lot of work i don't know how she did it i really don't um because that, that is a lot of work but she she did it well and um, it was a great way to stay all informed on what we're doing in the community. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great, it was a great email to get, uh, was it monthly or was it every few yep. months or something like that? But yeah, there yep, was, it was monthly. Yeah. Yeah. But it was on my regular feed. I have dozens. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah. Just whole line of, of, uh, Mary John emails from, from the last decade. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I have all them saved. I think I have like all the newsletters. I might even have a hard copy of probably a few a few dozen <laughs> somewhere, but um I do have them um saved in my email as well. No, that's great. That's great. Um so what what would you say to the 18 to 22 year old that's listening to this conversation? Um I guess I would say um you know, I started you know, I started more of an education journey. Um, and then I kind of fell into entrepreneurship and um, uh, community work. And I would just say, follow your heart, take those nudges from creator. Um, don't be scared. Um, let them guide you a little bit. Um, it, it's scary. And I know that we all got to pay rent. But um, sometimes it's okay to, you know, kind of maybe take some chances and um, follow your dreams or follow what maybe the creator wants you to do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that, um, education is important, but, um, don't be afraid to, you know, maybe, uh, go into entrepreneurship, if I can say the word. Um, and, um, yeah, just take, you know, take some, take some risks and really do something that you want to do. Um, so that's a long journey in the work force. So, um, do what you do, what you love. Is there anything that you want to touch on, uh, during this conversation? Um, you know, I just... One, I want to always thank the Plains, uh, Plains Art Museum for um, just always thinking of me and then and, and those who helped me um, in the community and behind me. So and and the native community in general, um, 
just like including us and being part of that, I think is um, just really crucial. Uh, we have a lot of great artists, but we have, and we have some good cooks. And <laughs> um, so I think all of those are, are arts. I always say my fry bread, it, it, there's an art to it, an art and a science to it. Um, Cause you know, I could put a little bit too much sugar and it, it might be, um, you know, it might not brown as well. I put a little bit too much salt. It's going to be hard. So there is an art and science to that. So I, I feel like, you know, it's a good connection with, um, the food part with the art. Um, so I appreciate you guys always thinking of uh, Tea's Tacos and, and the community. No, it's definitely the culinary arts, right? So yes. it's it's a perfect fit. So what's uh, what's uh, coming up for you? Uh, where can where can people find you uh, in some upcoming events? So uh, in the community, what's coming up next will be the um, Indigenous Peoples Day events. Um, so there is quite a few things going on on both sides of the river. Um, I know usually we try to do, um, a little bit more collaborative, but it got really busy. And so, um, things got a little bit, uh, uh, you know, separated, but great things going on. So, you know, at the indigenous center, there'll be, um, or indigenous association, there will be. Uh, a breakfast and um, conversation. I know the, there'll be some folks from the city that will come and um, visit as well. They've been trying to really work hard with keeping communication with the Native American community. Um, and then we, they'll also have a panel and um, um, some discussion uh, with people in the community for the afternoon. So good things going on over there. And then on Moorhead side at the um, Veterans Legion, they will have a dinner and the honor guard will be there. And I think they're going to be doing some foraging um, through the MSUM. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I kind of want to go foraging, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of different things that are coming up for that day. So, um, and both Indian Eds are having small powwows. So if you are closer to the Moorhead side, I know that they're starting around five 30 at the high school. And then, um, uh, Fargo Indian Ed. There's is it will be six p.m. to eight p.m. at the Dakota School. And, and what days? What dates are those? October tenth. October tenth. Okay. Okay. That's great. Um, if someone wants to um, reach out to you to for you to cater at their event, uh, where where can they go to to reach out to you? Um, I usually just give them um, my email, which is just teastacos at gmail dot com. Um, okay. So T-E-E and then tacos at gmail.com. Um, it's just a lot easier to to communicate um, that way. So that's usually what I throw out there. And I also do have Facebook page as well. So Okay. I'll put links in the show notes for our listener. So Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for asking me to come and be in this space. Um, I, I love um, sharing a little bit about Tea's Tacos just because um, it, it grew from the community and now it gives back to the community. So, oh, That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Five Play Questions. I want to thank Tanya again for her time and sharing her story with us. It's always great to go to an event in this community here in Fargo and see Tanya there. Uh, whether whether she has her food or not, uh, her presence is just such a positive vibe and a good energy. Uh, it's always great to be able to just, just chat with her. But her food, her food is amazing. You know, I think in Indian country, we oftentimes sort of uh, are, are a little harsh in our judging of other people's foods because we all want to have our grandmas or our 
influencer and these food to be the best uh, the best versions of what's being made and you know uh, we put those things aside we can appreciate uh, the work that people are doing Tanya legitimately creates amazing foods and not just the, the tacos but the other foods that she she provides as well uh, so it's definitely something that anytime I see her in the community I've, I've got to get a plate of what she's making and uh, we'll be doing so for for years to come so I'm pretty happy about that uh, also, too, uh, November 19th, uh, we're going to have the Indigenous Art Fair at the Plains Art Museum. We're going to have uh, a couple dozen artists there. We're going to have a couple of food vendors, including uh, Tea's Tacos. So if you uh, want to experience uh, her food firsthand, uh, please uh, come uh, come to the museum. It's on the first floor. Um, I, I don't want to quote her prices, but, you know, uh, we're selling artwork there. So uh, come support the artists. Come support the work that she's doing. And uh, enjoy some of the best uh, Indian tacos that are that are in this Fargo Moorhead area for sure. So uh, I'm excited for it. I definitely will be having a plate or two. Something I'll be having, but I'll have a couple. <laughs> so uh, as you should too. So, anyways, uh, that's November nineteenth. Uh, it's a Saturday, uh, 2022. If you're listening uh, beyond that point, just. Um, check the show notes uh, reach out to her if you want to collaborate with her she is so easy to work with and uh, just just yeah just a fantastic person so uh, Tanya thank you so much for for this conversation I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community so please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person I'm Joe Williams you can find me on Canna that's C-A-N-A-A creativity among Native American artists on Facebook five plain questions on instagram or twitter and at the planesart.org website there you can see our programming past videos and these podcasts so if you have a suggestion for someone for me to interview please uh, reach out to me i'd really like to hear from you all right that does it and we will see you next time this has been an 11 warrior arts production